What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. On July 29th, the Uhuru movement was targeted in a multi-city FBI raid on several homes and offices. On September 13th, Chairman Omalia Sotella will be in Oakland since the first time since the pandemic to speak uh, about this and other things. Omalia Sotella is the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party. He has organized for liberation of African people worldwide since the 1960s and today leads the Uhuru movement with active branches and black community economic development institutions throughout the United States, Africa, and Europe. Good morning, Chairman. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. It's good to hear your voice. I haven't talked to you in quite some time. Um, Chairman, walk us through what happened that day, the day of the raid. Well, on the, at 5 o'clock in the morning uh, on July 29th, my wife and I were uh, sitting at our dining room table preparing to uh, take on the day. I was going actually getting ready to go to the gym, and she presides over a program that's training uh, African women to be doulas. And that program was to begin that morning. And uh, there were 20 African women who were supposed to be trained. Uh, and this is in a city where uh, every year uh, there are enough black babies uh, that die in their first year of life to fill 15 uh, kindergarten classes. And so we have this doula program she was preparing for. I was preparing to go to the gym. And out of the night, this loud, booming noise comes from a uh, a sound system uh, uh, that's demanding that everybody in the house, in the residence, should come out with our hands up, uh, with nothing in our hands. This is the FBI. At first, it was kind of hard to, to believe that we were hearing this right. Uh, and uh, then it was repeated, and then as with the repeat, there came these loud uh, noises, these booms from uh, uh, flashbang grenades that had been uh, uh, ignited around the house, and I was to later learn in the back stairwell of, of, of our home. So uh, I asked my wife to, uh, to get on the phone and start calling and let people know that we were being raided, and I... Uh, would uh, go downstairs first, and uh, and so I went downstairs. And uh, when I got to the bottom of the stairs to open the and open the door, uh, there was this uh, this tank, this armored vehicle in front of the house. Uh, there were uh, I don't know how many uh, armed uh, military FBI military forces with flak jackets and camouflage. Uh, uh, outfits on and automatic weapons that had these uh, targeting laser dots uh, bouncing off my chest as I came downstairs. So uh, it was clear to me that uh, there was a likelihood that they were going to kill me coming down the stairs. My wife followed uh, the open door and was met by a drone that almost hit her in the face going up the stairs into the house. So uh, uh, when I got downstairs and uh, after uh, being uh, told to uh, move this way, move this way, et cetera, I went and, and was greeted by, uh, by these agents, and uh, one of whom uh, 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 greeted me and had, had me uh, zip-tied behind my back. And then my wife, when she came downstairs, they handcuffed her behind her back. And so I'm asking for an explanation of what's going on, why is this happening. And uh, 
they said something about they have a warrant uh, for a search warrant for a house. I asked to see it, and uh, they didn't have it right there, but there was some, it was somewhere in the vicinity that, that I could see later. Um, and I asked, well, why am I being handcuffed? Why are we being handcuffed? And I was told that it was for our security and for their security that they would handcuff me. Uh, so finally, uh, after refusing to sit on the curb as they wanted me to do this traditional, this uh, sort of traditional uh, humiliating thing that we see happening in urban African uh, communities throughout the country, uh, mostly with young Africans, then they uh, said, well, we, you can sit in the back seat of the car. I don't want to sit in the back seat of the car. I don't want to be here. Why are you here? Why are we being detained? I was told that uh, later that morning, uh, an indictment was going to be made against a Russian national who was in Russia. But should he ever come to the United States, he would be arrested. Uh, and my name was somehow involved uh, in it. I asked to see things, and I was told that uh, the indictment uh, would not be available or would uh, would not be uh, couldn't be seen until after it was uh, something happened in Tampa, Florida, where I guess it was formally and officially done. So uh, uh, I didn't know at the time, but across town uh, in a most predominantly white section of the city where we have established an office of solidarity forces, mostly white people who work uh, under our leadership with reparations work being their primary task, although they, they also do other work in the white communities to uh, educate uh, white people and recruit white people uh, to uh, get involved uh, in the struggle against the colonial domination of African people in this country. Uh, they used the battering ram. They knocked the, the, the door into the Solidarity Center uh, there on in South uh, St. Louis. They uh, uh, went upstairs to the apartment there. They held uh, these two uh, uh, young uh, activists uh, uh, at gunpoint, uh, and, and then they went to the homes of uh, two of the other Solidarity Forces. They knocked in the doors. They held them at gunpoint. Uh, they searched them. In my home here, uh, on the north in North St. Louis, uh, they had also uh, knocked in windows. They had damaged doors. They had, uh, and then uh, they proceeded to steal my cell phone. Uh, they proceeded to steal uh, uh, various uh, materials from the home, including uh, an iPad. Uh, they stole my wife's uh, cell phone uh, computers. They stole the uh, computers and cell phones from the Solidarity Center uh, on the south side uh, and in the homes of the, of, the, of the two comrades. And then at the same time in St. Petersburg, Florida, uh, they raided uh, my house. I'm not there. Uh, uh, and they raided that house. They knocked in doors. They stole materials, equipment, and they went to the Uhura house in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, they knocked in the doors. They battered the doors down. They used flashbang grenades uh, there, uh, and they took our radio station temporarily off the air. They stole financial records. They stole computers. They stole uh, anything that appeared to be a recording and or communication devices, uh, and they occupied those places for hours. They went to the residence of uh, young uh, African leader uh, uh, Akili Anai. They had the St. Petersburg Police Department knock on the door of a residence, <clears throat> tell her that somebody was breaking in the car, and uh, ask her to come out. And she went to the car to see what was being broken in, and then FBI agents 
uh, came from these military forces came from behind a van, and they uh, they uh, stole her cell phone, uh, detained her, etc. So that's that's what that morning looked like. It was five o'clock uh, Central Time, uh, which is six o'clock in Eastern Time, and uh, and we were raided and 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 held at gunpoint uh, again with. Uh, stun grenades, flashbang grenades being used, uh, not only in our houses but around the neighborhood, uh, and uh, so that that effectively is is uh, is what transpired. And I was to learn uh, later, uh, uh, the hours after I was able to come back to my house because I, after uh, uh, demanding the right to leave, uh, they finally said that we could leave. That my wife and I from from our house in North St. Louis and. Uh, uh, when we came back to the house some hours later, they were in the Solidarity Center for six hours at least. They were in my home uh, uh, for hours. And then when we came back to the house, we found the damage that I just mentioned, but we also found uh, a, a search warrant on the table uh, there. So that's, that's kind of sort of what happened uh, in brief. Chairman, uh, I as I've been reading about this, I keep seeing the, the, the statement that no one has been charged. Is that still the case, that no one has been charged? Yeah, that's formally the case, that no one has been charged. But to, can, you know, to put out that these are unindicted co-conspirators, uh, it's yeah. like a charge. And uh, it's uh, designed, of course, to terrorize me and people who are in our movement, because they didn't, there are four different individuals that they named. Uh, as uh, unindicted co-conspirators, but they named the organizations as unindicted co-conspirators too. And uh, so the, uh, part of what this is about is to terrorize us, uh, to quiet us, uh, and to also uh, terrorize other people who might otherwise have an association uh, with us in the work that, that we are involved in. Uh, so, uh, and it's uh, something that depending on uh, what, how things move in the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next year even, uh, they could, uh, uh, they could uh, drop the hammer, they could actually uh, indict any of us and even more people because, as I mentioned, they stole uh, thousands and thousands of communiques. They stole emails and texts. They stole uh, uh, the uh, kind of... Uh, uh, work that we, you know, do uh, uh, with our, our programs and things like that, uh, webinars, et cetera. So uh, they can and will construct uh, whatever they want to uh, construct to, uh, 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 to justify this. It was a political attack, uh, and they're using uh, their power uh, and, and authority as law uh, to be able uh, to make whatever kind of legal, to support any kind of legal uh, assumptions that are associated with the, with the, not, with the, with the allegation of, the, the, of, of what it is that we're supposed to have done. Chairman O'Malley, and I have trouble, you can... I was trouble defining it because, uh, like you said, it's a, it's a, we are non-indicted uh, co-conspirators. Uh, and uh, uh, so you can't even say it's a charge yet, I, I guess, not, you know, and, and, you know, definite legal terms, uh, but it's a threat uh, for, for a charge. Right. 
Which, which uh, is almost, I mean, that, that's a form of terror, right? That, that every day you and members of your organization are sort of, as you, as you said, you know, waiting for the hammer to drop. What has the response of, of not only your members, but, you know, ally organizations, solidarity organizations, what has the response um, to this raid, this attack on you and your organization been, been like? It has, it has been tremendous. I, I, I do not even have a list of the numbers of uh, different uh, groups and personalities who have uh, stepped forward and, and support solidarity with the party and the Uhuru movement and, uh, the, the, and, and, and opposition to the FBI. And, uh, and there's a, an incredible spike in terms of membership, people you know, all around the world, in fact, who uh, indicate that they want to join. And the thing that has sparked uh, their need to join is what they uh, learned of us and uh, through this FBI attack and the fact that the FBI attack itself uh, is something that has inspired a lot of people. And so uh, the, the reality is that there, there, are, there are all kinds of groups and persons who have expressed uh, uh, willingness and, 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 and intent uh, to offer a practical uh, kind of support and solidarity with us in this fight. Because, uh, uh, the, you know, you think about this unindicted co-conspirators, they've, they've got all of our, all of our, uh, our um, records, our uh, financial records and things like that. So uh, we have to have lawyers, you know, uh, an army of lawyers, in fact, to, uh, and because the United States government is, is what has attacked us and uh, which uh, has, defines the law and uh, has an army of uh, forces that's available, whole departments, the so-called Justice Department, uh, uh, that they utilized against us. And that's an understatement. When you use terms like Justice Department, you, this, these were military forces who attacked our homes and our, our office. Uh, our offices and anybody who sees that uh, will see this was a military raid that was made on us, and uh, it is, you know, not without some irony that uh, they would claim, uh, and this is the claim that we are pawns, the agents of Russia who have not registered as Russian agents, uh, uh, agents of some foreign power, uh, and so somehow what they have uh, done is created this narrative that uh, the work that we do somehow is to facilitate Russian interest in embarrassing, uh, humiliating, or uh, uh, otherwise uh, hurting the United States. And uh, so they now, as black people, organize to try to change our circumstances in this country and the world. Uh, and we are attacked uh, by the United States government. Uh, it's not uh, the black people who are being attacked, it's Russians who are being attacked. And, and this is the narrative that they have created, but it's not new. It's an old narrative that they've used against us historically. So, um, you know, that's what we're looking at. And Chairman, I'm not, you know, asking you to be a mind reader of, of the, the, the operatives inside of that system. I, I am curious, though, do you have any thoughts about what, why now? I mean, you, you've been doing this work for a very long time. You've been engaged in electoral politics for a very long time. Um, did you have any idea that you were on, under investigation? And what are your thoughts about why they would uh, trump up these charges right now? 
Uh, we have to assume that we've always been under investigation. Our party was founded, yes, uh, uh, formed in 1972, but my involvement uh, in the movement uh, on the same historical trajectory was in the 1960s, and this was uh, the time frame that saw uh, the uh, murder of uh, Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, Fred Hampton in 1969, all of which uh, bore the uh, handprint of the United States government. Uh, so uh, we uh, have created the party uh, uh, determining uh, and vocally that uh, our one objective was to complete the revolution that, that uh, of the 1960s, the black revolution of the 1960s, that they uh, tried to halt with the murders of Malcolm and King and, and other people like that, uh, and Fred Hampton, for that matter. So uh, what has transpired is that uh, we have been working now in the African People's Socialist Party. We celebrated our 50th anniversary in May of uh, this year. So it has been consistently working at that. We have been working to reorganize uh, an, a liberation movement that had been uh, uh, crushed with the uh, military assaults, the assassinations I was just talking about, a massive arrest of black people uh, during the 1960s to quiet uh, our movement. Things have changed so much. The, the crisis that uh, required them to determine uh, in the 1960s that there had to be uh, some kind of counterintelligence program uh, that was designed uh, to uh, neutralize any uh, force that uh, uh, represented what they saw as a threat to the order. The, the same thing that uh, had J. Edgar Hoover, who was uh, the leader of the FBI who cut his teeth, who got his job uh, in, in uh, organizing uh, to criminalize in, uh, Marcus Garvey. Uh, uh, I mean, this is, this, is, uh, this is, you know, like a part of that history, but uh, the kinds of things that, that's happened now, this ongoing crisis that's deeper and deeper, and it's a crisis that's made necessary, that's born into the system because it's a system, it's a world economy uh, that uh, owes its existence uh, and uh, to uh, a parasitic relationship from colonialism and colonial slavery. This is the defining uh, factor. And now uh, peoples around the world are fighting to take back our freedom and liberties, and it's creating tremendous uh, economic crisis here in the country. The whole uh, configuration, the uh, political and economic configuration of the world has changed within the, just the last uh, a few years. It's become obviously uh, the case. And now what we see uh, is with growing uh, struggles of colonized peoples around the world, and now this great contest that the United States has uh, uh, finds itself in with uh, Russia and China uh, having to compete uh, again, uh, for what is the most uh, viable system uh, uh, with these forces uh, and uh, with the Biden administration having determined that the world order uh, right now is being defined by, uh, by contest between democracies, uh, including the United States, uh, and autocracies, and which is everybody else. Uh, and then, uh, as this is happening, there's struggle... Uh, you know, uh, breaking out, black people being murdered all around this country, and, and the United States wants to put itself forward as this great uh, kind of democracy fighting off uh, autocracy, which would include Russia and China and everybody else that it's in this contest with. So 
I think that um, that this crisis has reached uh, such a proportion that it's very difficult for the United States to uh, characterize itself as this great democracy uh, with uh, with George Floyd and with the the latest murder that just happened yesterday in Ohio with a young African who was killed in his bed by police and this is what you see day in and day out. That's the that's what's happening and so I think that uh, uh, that's an issue. Uh, for them to to try and quiet us and to try and uh, create uh, uh, a narrative that would say these are not the former slaves uh, who are rising up uh, and throughout this country, but these are pawns of Russia uh, that's responsible. And I think it's no accident that 13 days after the attack uh, on us, we saw uh, Emmanuel Macron, uh, the president of France, uh, who was traipsing throughout uh, Francophone Africa uh, telling African people who were demanding that France get out of uh, of Africa and that it's not really you who are saying this, but you're being influenced by the Russians. I think this has become the narrative of the colonial powers and that a crisis has emerged and they have claimed that the elections that we are involved in are paid for by the Russians. They have claimed uh, that the, the, uh, the uh, petition uh, uh, for uh, 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 anti-genocide petition that we uh, are trying to prepare for the United Nations is something that's influenced uh, by the Russians. And uh, I, I think that uh, this uh, election work that we've done, the first time in the history of this country, uh, when reparations uh, was, in a, was put on an election in St. Petersburg, Florida, that opened the door uh, even for the Democratic Party uh, 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 candidates, many of them who uh, were seeking the nomination uh, for president, having to uh, speak to the issue of reparations. I think right. that, that we've, we've been speaking to them uh, 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 very uh, significantly, and, and right now it's a crisis, and I think they even perceive the possibility of uh, some country uniting uh, with our uh, reparations, our, our genocide claim, and even being willing to take that to the United Nations. You know, Chairman, you mentioned you know the the struggles of the late 1960s or 1970s and the assassinations of, of folks like Chairman Fryden and and Malcolm and Martin, um, and we know that the the FBI actively worked you know to destroy. Uh, the, the movement of Black Panther Party and, of course, the Black Liberation Army and did so um, through surveillance and pitting folks against each other or outright murder, incarceration. We still have political prisoners languishing in what I call American concentration camps all over this country. Um, but a lot of folks, you know, they, they think COINTELPRO is, is gone, it's dead, right? That that was, that was something of the past. But, of course, we saw, um, you know, the last couple of years, the FBI being forced, even though a lot of those records were redacted, but being forced to release thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of recent surveillance of black activists. We saw them um, develop categories like black identity extremists, right, and, and send reports to law enforcement agencies all over this country as folks were in the streets rising up and saying no to the genocide happening uh, by law enforcement to black bodies in this country. Talk about COINTELPRO 2.0 and why what happened to you and what happened to the Uhuru movement is, should be a warning for any of us that are, that are working to liberate our people. Yeah, I think that's an extremely important thing because it doesn't matter what they call it. You know, uh, even when they were talking about COINTELPRO, this is one of the things that became very obvious. They talked about it in congressional hearings and things like that. 
but the CIA was at work, the U.S. Uh, military intelligence organizations were at work, and then there were also uh, intelligence organizations uh, attached to various police departments throughout this country. you got to remember, it was uh, 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 Gene Roberts with the New York uh, uh, intelligence uh, uh, or organization with the New York Police Department that was there and infiltrated uh, Malcolm's organization and was there uh, you know, apparently providing uh, uh, some kind of uh, uh, assistance to Malcolm after he had been killed. Uh, the thing is that, uh, and, and the, it's interesting that the so-called right wing of this country has now brought uh, into rather sharp, uh, bold relief this whole idea of the state. The state is an institution of repression and coercion. It's there all the time. It's there to protect the social system. When you look at things like the police and the court system and the jails and uh, uh, FBI, CIA, you're looking at the organizations of the state that's, that's there to protect the existing social system, to protect uh, the existing uh, ruling class. And so if you have a system based on colonial colonial uh, capitalism, extraction of value from colonized people, then that system is there all the time. And if ever you see that there's any force that's more or less effective in challenging the status quo, then you will see movement uh, coming from uh, the state entity. Like, there was no doubt ever in our minds that we were um, uh, being watched and that there uh, was a possibility that we were going to be attacked for the assassinations or anything else like that. Uh, but people should not make the mistake of thinking uh, uh, as many, uh, and, the, and, and this uh, system continues to try to convince people that it's one bad guy named J. Edgar Hoover who was over the FBI. It's one program called COINTELPRO uh, that targeted us when there's a whole system of uh, oppression and coercion that's in place. There's no way they can keep black people living the way we live. Uh, are daily facing the kind of humiliation, poverty, poverty, uh, joblessness, uh, uh, no economic development without using extreme uh, forms of violence and uh, extreme uh, uh, institutions that, that people refer to as counterinsurgency institutions. And so they are always there. And, and whether they call it Cointel Pro or whatever name they give it, well, we'd be living with illusion if we don't understand that, that, that these apparatus, these institutions are there to make sure that our, that our people never uh, effectively challenge uh, the relationship we have with the social system born of our uh, enslavement. And that's, that must necessarily uh, continuously uh, steal our resources uh, as, uh, as a means of, uh, of survival itself. Chairman, we've got to leave it there. I'm going to continue to track this issue. Um, please come back to the show. Let us know um, whenever you need a platform. And, and, uh, and, and you are always well, welcome I here. Think, and I, I hope to see you. you on September 13th. I hope to see you there as well. And I hope people can uh, go to handsoffuhuru.org, handsoffuhuru.org, and see and however else. Uh, you can step forward to, to unite in the struggle against what has happened with us and what's happened to black people uh, more generally throughout this country and the world. Thank you so much.
Cat. Thank you, Chairman. Uhuru. Chairman O'Malley Shatella is the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party, is organized for liberation of African people worldwide since the 1960s, and today leads the Uhuru movement with active branches in black community economic development institutions throughout the United States, Africa, and Europe. On July 29th, he was targeted in a multi-city FBI raid on several homes and offices of the Uhuru movement. On September 13th, he will return to the Uhuru House in Oakland for the first time since the pandemic to speak at the Days of Reparations to African People event. Again, you can find information on the raid and their response at www.handsoffuhuru.org. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about our topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox 5. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis. That's D-I-S. And subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam. Thank you.